The title of my message this morning is Trusting in God in Difficult Times. When I was preparing this message entitled Trusting God in Difficult Times, I asked myself the question, shouldn't it be relatively easy for us as Christians to trust God? And then I thought about that well-known um, trust exercise that most of us have been exposed to um, on one or other team or one or other team building exercise. I'm sure you know the one that I'm thinking about. It's that trust exercise where um, you're made to stand uh, next to a colleague of yours um, and you give them your back or you face your back towards them. Um, the idea being that you need to trust them uh, that when you fall backwards, they will catch you. Now, if you've ever had that experience or you've ever been on such a team building, you'll also know that there's at least always one person uh, within that team who just does not trust enough uh, the person who's standing behind them um, that they will catch them. And so what you find is you see um, that one particular in individual trying to fall back, but at the same time trying to catch themselves, which of course is completely impossible. You cannot catch yourself while you're falling back. So when we look at the world around us and we look at it with our natural eyes, um, we see what the state of the nation is. Uh, we see the proliferation of crime within our nation. Uh, we look at the economy and we see the economic decline. And of course, the very many societal ills that exist um, within our country. It can be quite easy to become discouraged or disheartened um, by what we see. We also can't bury our heads in the sand and pretend that we're not facing some of the most difficult times um, that we've had to deal with, in some instances, for generations. And of course, the pandemic is a prime example of this. You can sit in front of your television for 24 hours um, watching the news, but you'll not, you'll not have the opportunity to see or witness or experience the good news until you actually open up your Bible. Now, I'm not an authority on social media, um, not by any stretch of the imagination. But back in the day, um, there was a particular status that would let everyone know um, exactly what the situation was with regards to the relationship that you were in. And that was the, it's complicated status. Okay, so just by looking at that status, um, people would immediately know that um, at the moment you're going through a bit of a rough time um, in your relationship. And so that got me thinking, and the question that I'd like to ask us today is, where do you turn when things get complicated? Who do you look to and who do you turn to when the journey gets a bit rough and when you experience those bumps in the road? Who or what do you put your trust in? Some trust in stocks and bonds, but even, even the markets fluctuate. You know, they, they're very unstable up today and down tomorrow. For others, it's an older sibling or a mentor that they look up to. But at the end of the day, um, even that mentor or that older sibling is only human and is just as fallible as you, are, you and I. Yet another, for yet another, it's trusting in the words or in the promises um, of, a, of, a, of a politician. 
And of course, we know exactly what the track record is um, of politicians when it comes to keeping and honoring those promises. So this morning, I'd like us to look at the book of Psalms um, and specifically Psalm 20 from verse 7. And we're reading it out of the Amplified Bible. And this passage of scripture reads as follows. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember and trust in the name of the Lord our God. You see, during this time in which this passage of scripture was written, the more horses or chariots that you had as a nation, that was an indicator or a sign of your military strength or your military prowess. But you see, whether we're talking about back then or whether we're talking about present day, 2021, nations do not need to have the most supreme military might. What nations actually need today more than ever before is to have the Lord's favor. I'm going to read a few passages of scripture, a few verses from Psalm 33. I'll start with Psalm 33 and verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is that nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. Psalm 33 verse 17 to verse 19. A horse is a vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. Verse 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Psalm 33 and verse 20. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. You see, as Christians, we ought to know that we can trust God in difficult times and in all types of circumstances. As a guiding principle, remember that any man, no matter how brilliantly put together on the outside, has the potential to fail because he is man. Any army, no matter how well trained, and any device, no matter how intelligently programmed, all of these are prone to fail and are inherently imperfect. With that in mind, I'd like to start off with my first point in my message this morning. And that is that God shows himself trustworthy when we go through difficulties. God shows himself to be trustworthy when we go through difficulties. My passage of scripture is Isaiah 43 and verse 2. When you pass through the waters, when you go through, or when you pass through the waters, and when you pass through the rivers, sorry, when you, go, when you, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Isaiah 43 and verse 2. The important thing to remember about going through difficulties or challenges or opposition or trials and tribulations is to remember that God is taking you through. His plan and his purpose are not for you to remain there. His plan and his purpose is not for you to set up camp there, not to build an altar there, no. But he demonstrates his grace, his love, his mercy towards you 
by showing you how he takes you through and over to the other side. In Isaiah 43, God is telling the Jewish people that he will be with them in their most troubling times, supporting them through these difficult times and giving them the strength to move beyond these difficulties and delivering them out of danger without harm. The Jewish people were in captivity in Babylon. They faced many afflictions and were persecuted by men who are represented in this passage of scripture by the waters and the rivers and the fire. You see, the scripture says, um, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. In Exodus 14, 21 to 22, God opened up the Red Sea to allow the Israelites to walk on dry land and walk through the sea. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Then God allowed the walls of the sea to close and destroy Israel's enemies. He did this to encourage the unbelieving Israelites to trust in him, even in their difficulties. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. God dried up the Jordan River as a band of priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant stood at the river's edge in Joshua chapter 3, verse 14 to verse 17. It was during the time of harvest in the springtime when the Jordan would typically overflow its banks from the melting snow that was coming in from Lebanon. The Ark represented the presence of God. God piled up the water to reveal a dry riverbed so that his people could walk through and go into Canaan and end their wandering in the wilderness. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. We all know how God protected Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fire and the flames. Nebuchadnezzar had his soldiers throw them into a furnace after they refused to worship any god but the Father. The furnace was so hot that the soldiers who threw them into the furnace were killed by the flames of the fire. Yet, miraculously, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego emerged from the furnace completely unsinged. And you can find that in Daniel chapter 3. This leads me to my second point. Is God able to protect us during times of trouble? So I've phrased point number two in the form of a question. Is God able to protect you and I during times of trouble? Psalm 46 verse 1 to verse 3, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God is my refuge and he's my strength. He's a very present help in trouble. And because of that, therefore we will not fear. Even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, I won't be troubled. Why? Because God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, reading from the New International Version. And we know that in all things, not in some things, 
But we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You see, the importance here is understanding that even when we don't fully understand, we still trust. I'm going to say that again. Even when we don't fully understand what God is up to, we still trust. We trust that in all things, God is working together for our ultimate good. We may not be able to see it or understand it right now, but nevertheless, we're fully persuaded that our hope and our trust is in Him. And we know and we trust that in all things, He's working together for our ultimate good. Point number three, trust and faith are an integral part to any relationship with God. Put differently, you cannot have a sustainable relationship with God, with the Lord God, your Savior, if there is no trust and if there is no faith. Proverbs chapter 3 from verse 5 to verse 6, reading from the Amplified Classic, Classic Edition. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. I love that so much. I'm going to read that again. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to verse 6, reading from the Amplified Classic Edition. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding in all your ways. Know, recognize, and acknowledge him, and he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. You see, there's a very simple and obvious reason why I should never lean on my own understanding. You see, the reason is because my own understanding, my understanding, Stuart's understanding, is a human understanding. And because it's a human understanding, it's a limited understanding. It has its own natural human limitations. You see, I have to be comfortable with the idea that when I recognize God for who he is and acknowledge him in all my ways, I trust him and I have faith in God's ability to lead me and direct me because my own limited understanding cannot lead or guide me to where God wants to take me. My own limited understanding cannot lead or guide me to where God wants to take me. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 9, reading from the Amplified Bible. Indeed, we felt within ourselves that we had received the sentence of death and were convinced that we would die. But this happened so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. My question to you, and I've got a few of them throughout um, the course of this message, but one, one question I'd love to ask you this morning, and I want you to really think about this and meditate upon this. Who have you placed your trust, your faith, and your confidence in? Who or what have you placed your trust, your faith, and your confidence in? Point number four, 
All of God's promises are yes and amen. You see, in times of difficulty, we need to dig in to God's word. We need to mine God's word. We need to unpack his word. We need to meditate upon his word and remind ourselves of his many promises. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20, I'll read it first from the New King James Version and then from the Amplified. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. From the Amplified, for as many as are the promises of God in Christ, they are all answered yes. So through him we say our amen to the glory of God. We're speaking about trusting him. We're speaking about reflecting on his promises that are found in his word. You see, there's a promise of peace in difficult times. These days, something as simple as peace of mind can be so elusive and so hard to come by. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to verse 7 do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, in every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. And then what will happen? What will happen when we, when we, when we lay aside anxiety, when we stop worrying about everything, but rather with thanksgiving, we continue to make specific requests known to God. What happens next? Verse 7. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands God over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. We're talking about the promises in God's word and one of those promises is a promise of peace. I don't know about you, I don't know where you were when the looting and the pillaging and the rioting and the protesting and all of that criminal activity was taking place in our nation. But when that was taking place, I can guarantee you that one of the things that was very hard to come by for the people who are sitting at home watching all of this unfold Something as simple as peace in their hearts and peace that guards their minds was so difficult to come by. Yet it's yours. It's yours and it's mine to appropriate because it's, it's one of the many promises that we find in God's word. There's also a promise to be with us wherever we go. This is a promise of God that he will be with us no matter where we are, wherever we go. Now, how, how often do you feel like you are all alone in whatever you are facing? You don't have to feel that way. You can walk in this promise and know that God is with you wherever you are and wherever you go. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9, reading from the New King James Version. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Such a simple yet such a powerful, powerful passage of scripture. 
There's no need to be afraid. There's no need to feel dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There's another promise in his word. It's a promise to perfect us, to establish us, to strengthen us, and to settle us. Not only is this a promise that I would want to have for myself, but for my children and my children's children to come. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, reading from the New King James Version. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you've suffered for a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Isn't that, can't you hear yourself praying those words over your children just before they go to sleep at night? Can't you hear yourself praying those words over your family members in the morning when you rise? May the Lord God perfect you. May he establish you. May he strengthen you in these difficult times. And may he settle you where you may be feeling unsettled or uneasy. Now, these are only three examples of the promises of God. God's word contains in excess of 7,000 of these promises for you to tap into. All you have to do is carve out the time, get stuck in his word, mind that word, dig into that word, pray for revelation from above, pray for God to open up his word to you, and these are just but, just but the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the promises that are found in his word. And it's not for some elect, but it's for you and for, I, for, you and for me. You and I are able to tap in. You and I are able to dig into his word and enjoy these promises. Point number five. Trusting God in tough times takes understanding, understanding that he specializes in the impossible. In order for you to trust in God during the tough times that you might be facing, it's going to take you understanding that God specializes in the impossible. Luke chapter 1 and verse 37, reading from the King James Version. Very short passage of scripture. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Ezekiel 37 and verse 3, reading from the New King James Version. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? God speaking to Ezekiel, he asks him a question and he says to him, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. You see, it's a fact that no created power could restore human bones back to life. That's a fact. Only God could cause them to live again. Only God, by his miraculous, miracle-working power, 
could cause skin and sinew and flesh to cover those bones. And the wind to then blow upon those bodies and for them to be restored back to life. The wind being an emblem of the Spirit of God. God is the restorer. One of the, one of the key reasons that you can trust Him during times of difficulty is even if you may have gone through so much that you feel spent, you feel like you've been depleted, like your reserves are, 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 are at their absolute limit. God is the restorer. God and God alone can restore dead bones to life. I love the idea of skin and sinew and flesh covering these bones. You see, very often when someone has found themselves in a backslidden state, the enemy will associate shame and condemnation with their previous backslidden state, even after they have recommitted themselves to Christ. But he is a God who covers us in the same way that that skin covers those bones. In the same way that that flesh covered those bones, he's a God who covers us. He takes us under his wing. He takes us under his shelter. He places us within his refuge and within his covering. He covers us. He envelops us with his love. He shelters us. He reassures us that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When he restores he restores completely as if there had never been a fall to begin with. God could have brought those bones to life without necessarily covering them with skin and flesh or having breath flowing through them, but that would not have been true restoration. He brought them back to the state they were in before they encountered death. He fully restored those bones. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. I am convinced and confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will continue. Continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. The time of his return. You see, our God is a finisher. The thing that he starts, the work that he has commenced, that he's begun in you, he's faithful and just to perfect it and to bring it to completion and to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, the time when he returns. I like Ezekiel's answer to God's question. Can these bones live? That was the question. The answer from Ezekiel, Lord, thou knowest. Lord, I don't know the answer, but I know that you know the answer. Lord, it's in your hands, essentially. That's what Ezekiel was saying. He was implying that, humanly speaking, it wouldn't be possible. But faith leaves the question of possibility to rest with God. Faith leaves the question of possibility to rest with God. With whom? Absolutely nothing is impossible. And so this morning, 
I'd like to conclude with the following thoughts. We all know that if we look with our natural eye, and that's what I said at the beginning of this message, if we look around with our natural eye and we look at what's going on, what's been happening, what's been taking place, then it's easy for us to become discouraged. It's easy for us to become despondent. It's even easy for some people to turn away from God. It's even easy for some people to doubt God. It becomes easy to ask, is God angry with us? Is God listening to us? Are we praying fruitless prayers? It's easy to fall into a state of complete and utter despondency. But this morning, I started and I'm ending by saying that if we look at what's going on around us through our natural eyes, then it's easy for all of those things to manifest in our lives, in our homes, in our work environments, in our study environments. It's easy for despair and discouragement to manifest. Why? Because we're looking through a natural eye. And when you look through a natural eye, you also understand with your own limited human understanding. My encouragement to, to you, to myself, to all of us this morning, is that we do not look with a natural eye and only look at the things that we can see happening around us. But that our prayer, my prayer for you and I this morning is that we trust God to show us in the spirit realm what's going on. To open up our understanding. For us to be able to lean not on our own understanding, but to trust Him. To know that God is working behind the scenes. To know that God is in control. Irrespective of the circumstance. Irrespective of what it might look like and how it might seem on the outside to the naked natural eye. We make a choice this morning. We choose to put our faith, our hope, our confidence, and our trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. Even through the most testing and trying of times, he's proved himself over and over again. His track record is absolutely flawless. Be blessed in Jesus' name.